Warning. In this episode of Vague Zone, we cover a film which contains content some may find disturbing, alarming, or triggering. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 102 of Vague Zone. I am one of your hosts, Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are talking about the 2001 Takashi Miike movie, Visitor Q. Uh, Thomas, before we get into this discussion, will you read for us the IMDb synopsis? Yes, absolutely. Visitor Q, 2001. A troubled and perverted family find their lives intruded by a mysterious stranger who seems to help find a balance in their disturbing natures. Mm-hmm. So we are currently uh, working on the theme, exploring the theme of family. Yes. Uh, for those who are new to the show or who missed episode 100, the way the, way the show is working now is we roll a die to determine a random theme. We pick a movie that goes with that theme together thomas and i and then thomas and i take turns picking an additional movie to go with that theme so we end up with like a three episode series total for each theme um so this was my choice visitor q uh last week we talked about texas chainsaw massacre a rather disturbing uh movie that relates to the theme of family with this uh wacky wacky cast of characters an odd bunch a good slapstick um, movie yeah and uh, it got me thinking, well, I know another really disturbing <laughs> movie about family. Let's let's try Takashi Miike's Visitor Q. Um, before I talk about my history with it, how about how about you tell us, what did you think? You're coming into this as a newcomer. Coming in hot and fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was an interesting one. So yeah, you mentioned this Takashi Miike film, so I was, mentally I was prepared. of like, okay, this is going to be fucked up is probably gonna <laughs> it's gonna show me some things i'm not really prepared for which is kind of par for the course for sakashi mm-hmm. mike is a very provocative filmmaker he's like uh ishii the killer is one one example of just like yeah. how extreme he likes to get physically with violence with horror and so i i thought i was prepared for what this movie <laughs> was going to be about uh going in completely blind and boy was i wrong i was not prepared mm-hmm. for <laughs> what this movie was um yeah, I like didn't look up didn't look up anything about this movie, but yeah, listed on the Wikipedia is is uh, written as an erotic black comedy horror film, which I I think is pretty accurate. I don't think it's very erotic. Uh, it is. I did find myself laughing at times because it, it just gets so fucking extreme that the absurdity just keeps mounting up. That it just it becomes very funny just because of what it is. What it is. Um, but yeah, this is this is a strange one. Uh, Watching this alone in my apartment, I felt like I was going crazy a little bit with some of the things that were happening. Um, but yeah, this is a, uh, as far as being in the um, under the umbrella of family, this movie has a, a quite an insane family with just some very interesting dynamics going on. Um, makes me value my normal vanilla <laughs> life in my family. Makes me value them so much more because. I'll take a little bit of passive aggressiveness. I'll take that. That's totally fine. The, the things that these family members are doing to each other are just fucking insane. And so, yeah, uh, before we dive into spoilers and everything, yeah, this this one is another movie not for the faint of heart. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. Similar. We should, we, should, <laughs> yeah. we should probably have like a content warning at the top. <laughs> yeah. Like this probably. movie has sexual violence in it. Uh, it has necrophilia in it. Yes. Uh, it is it is considered one of the most disturbing movies ever made i've i've seen it on some lists for most disturbing movie ever made yeah um, totally. that was back when i was like a teenager though i think our our understanding of what is quote-unquote disturbing has might may have shifted a little bit but um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> this movie made me reevaluate some things i once thought was kind of sexy and not <laughs> no longer things are sexy <laughs> Yeah, just, I, I think that's something we have to unpack. Uh, maybe not. We can just skip over that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay. There's just some things in this movie that at, at a time I was like, oh yeah, that, cut, that probably would have turned me on at one moment that doesn't anymore. Um, but yeah, it, it is fucking insane. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, it's interesting that this is like a movie that's early on in his career. This is one of the earlier Takashi Miike films. Um, 
it's listed as like just direct to video. So I'm curious how you saw it, and, and you also you saw it as a teenager too, which I think is kind of yeah. hilarious. Too. It's like, so okay, so when I was I don't know maybe like 17, I was on like a journey to find. I was like, what is the most disturbing movie? Like I'd read about like Salo and uh, stuff, Pink Flamingos and stuff. Hold on, I'm letting the dog back out. See, this dog can never be happy. <laughs> but yeah, I remember reading about like Salo and pink flamingos and solo at the time was out of print you couldn't find it but i knew a guy whose like uncle had like a crazy you know dvd collection and so i was able to get a copy of solo um and so yeah i saw audition and uh itchy the killer and i saw visitor q like i was just going down i was like on a hunt for uh takashi miike movies especially yeah um and I I I struggle to think of like what my impression of of this movie was when I was younger. Um, I do remember like showing it to a friend uh, in college. Like we were just sitting in my like tiny ass kitchen watching it on a tiny TV, probably just like drinking beers. <laughs> and uh, I remember watching it, and when it ended, we were like, "All right, well now what the fuck do we do? <laughs> like now what do we, now what do we watch? <laughs> like." How do you move on from this sort of thing? Yeah, you've um, reached the ceiling. <laughs> you can't go any Yeah, it's like, it's like this is going to be with us for a few days. Like, we can't <laughs> just, like, you know, we'll put the Simpsons on or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I forgot a lot. I for, honestly, I forgot that there was, like, a necrophilia thing in this movie, uh, putting it on this time. Um, I'm surprised that the whole thing is on archive.org. Is that how you watched it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to our listeners, it's very easy to find this movie. You no need to do a rental or anything. Um, but I don't know. Like t- this t- this time around, what really struck me was that it's shot on digital, <laughs> and yeah. it feels so like the digital quality contributes so much to how I guess kind of gross it feels. Um, even like the four three aspect ratio and like the blurring of genitals, uh, it makes it feel. Like there's something special about the blurring of genitals, where you're like, there, there, there's genitalia on display behind that blurring. Like they're not yeah. blurring nothing. Like these actors are actually like naked with each other and stuff. And the fact that it feels the need to be censored makes it feel like you're watching something you're not supposed to see. <laughs> yeah, I was I made a note and I was like, it makes it kind of feel a little bit more real in a way because it mm-hmm. it sort of visually aligns myself with like actual Japanese pornography that gets like blurred out and stuff like that when they're like, okay, like we're not going to show certain bits, we can't show yeah. everything, and so because of government reasoning or whatever, uh, it uh, just like modesty, whatever's going on there. But yeah, here it's like like it feels really gritty and real in a way that I really wasn't prepared for. And yeah, I think just the whole movie, yeah, it's just like shot in like in the 2000s or 2001. So yeah, it just has this very low budget feel. Uh, there's moments in this where like the boom mic is kind of dropping in the frame. Oh, I don't which think I, I noticed that. Uh, yeah, I think it happens like four or five times actually. It happens like pretty frequently, um, which I was like, okay, I don't know if this actually, it's not really taking me out of this movie because the movie itself just feels like this uh, just like a very low budget kind of a collection of just like these really strange events. Like, like, yeah, it, it is a very strange watch. And I was, yeah, I, I, it's hard to describe how I like feel about it. Cause like I initially was like disgusted and really turned off of just like what's happening. But yeah, as the movie sort of progresses and just gets more into what these characters are doing and sort of into their psyche, I, like I started letting my guard down a little bit and was able to enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, it is weird because it is, like, it's immediately disturbing. Like, I feel dirty as soon as the movie starts. Like, the first thing you see is, like, the phrase, have you ever slept with your dad or something like that? Uh, And then, you know, the opening scene is a father trying to interview his daughter who is a sex worker. Yeah. And he ends up having sex with his daughter. Uh, Very hard way to open a movie. (laughs) Not a soft, soft intro very intense and also there's this like voyeuristic thing going on where he's filming her he's like interviewing her and talking to her and then she's taking digital photos of him and every time she takes the photo we get like a freeze frame and i don't know it just feels like yeah just very intrusive in that way and that scene is sort of like capped off with a really interesting choice it was like after 
they have sex and she's like mocking him for coming yeah. too fast calling yeah. him an early bird and shit like just like totally mocking him they're uh, she's she's gonna charge him more for yeah yeah <laughs> yeah debating the price and he's like oh, i'll give the rest to your mother i'm just like holy shit what's going on here and there's like a, a flash of light and like, it's like i wrote it down it's like a lightning strike kind of like a split second and then he it's like in the moment when he notices that the camera was still on the entire time mm. and he sort of like gets like really regretful and just like of the entire like situation and yeah i don't know just like little moments like that do feel really inspired and this sort of happens throughout the movie where i don't know that they do things visually that sort of are pretty thought-provoking yeah i feel like and, and like the way that scene ends like like i said it starts off immediately disturbing but then ending with him coming too soon uh it she wants to charge him more he says i'm gonna give the money to your mother like it, it feels like it's crescendoing into comedy. Like, yeah, like it's still uncomfortable, but I don't like. I felt very comfortable laughing at a lot of this stuff. Uh, yeah, which is weird. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for sure, it's for sure weird. It took me a while to sort of get there. Like, I really hated the the younger. Uh, kid character i like well uh, I guess, yeah the, I guess, son, I guess. the son yes the son uh so yeah when we finally like get to where the, get to this like home scene and it's like a son just like brutally beating his mother with a mm. uh, a rug beater or is, it, is that what it's called um uh, yeah something like that it's yeah and, a household tool yeah and just like just fucking with no shame, no remorse, just fucking just wailing on her. And she's just like, don't hit my face. And that's just, it feels just like really real in those moments. And and then yeah. she crawls away to go shoot heroin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really uh. <laughs> dark, dark events happening in this home. The home is destroyed. Like, he comes in like throwing shit at her. It's just like, there's like, the walls have like holes in them. Like the windows are shattered. Like the entire home is just like in yeah, levels. Yeah, it's of all beat up just like just completely destroyed and i don't know it's just it kind of adds to this feeling of like yeah like we are watching something we're not supposed to be seeing we're in a forbidden place we're in a place that is completely broken literally a broken home and yeah it's like it, i don't know it's just it just really sort of got to me that like yeah what their relationship was yeah and it's i feel like if there's like this isn't it's not funny seeing this son beat his mother it's not funny seeing this woman shoot heroin immediately afterwards however the it is there is something there where it is like we are taking like things are getting heightened to such incredible degrees that it is absurd and like yeah. you can't help but be kind of amused by the absurdity of it like okay now she's shooting heroin like what the fuck is this movie yeah, it's fucking insane. And I guess we sort of talk freely, kind of get into spoilers and talk about the rest of the movie, right? Because I, I feel like there's... Yeah, yeah. It, so... It is kind of like a series of horrible events. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the plot is really... It's kind of disjointed. It takes over, takes place over the course of, like, maybe a couple of days, sort of revolving around this mysterious man that sort of in, in, comes into this family. But mm-hmm. sort of noting about the relationship between the son and the mother... I was fucking hating the sun. I was really uncomfortable, really feeling weird about watching it. But then later on in the movie, when she fucking has her sort of like awakening after the sexual experience, she comes in and throws the knife at him. That like got a great laugh and cheer from me. I was fucking so happy. I was like, yes, like fucking throw a knife at that little fucker. Like he deserves it. (laughs) It's so, I don't know. Like the sun. Okay. So the sun isn't just that he, it's not just he beats his mother. He's also being beaten up by school yes. bullies yes. and the father is in, only interested in his sons as far as like a documentary subject like yeah. he's trying to like he wants to make a documentary about a father and a son it's really just him documenting his son being beaten by school bullies and him not stepping in at all um although he does tr- try and uh, orchestrate a sequence where he's going to step in he's going to say something but the camera has to be on him and that's when we get taken to once again more ridiculous absurd heights yeah um, i was gonna ask her, that you, doesn't happen <laughs> yeah what do you think about like I, we sort of said it's sort of disjointed but there is like a story there is like mini arcs that kind of happen where there is like change in this character it's like what do you think about sort of how the movie kind of 
ways to sh like really show its hand to you because like it, it feels like yeah like we're just seeing fucked up things but as we learn more about the dad and his career and the mom's career like what like what they do for a living you know like what, what do you think about that progression because i thought that worked really well i mean yeah i i don't feel like the problem the movie has like problems with like the way it flows or structurally like i think it worked the structure is basically like here's how this character's fucked up <laughs> like yeah. like here's how this character's fucked up then they collide with the visitor. Like, the, the visitor comes in, hits the dad on the head with a rock. Yeah. Um, we see how other characters are fucked up, and then the visitor enters their lives. Um, so it's all just about, like, how do... Yeah. we have, Like, you're laying the, the foundation of how are these characters fucked up? Okay, they interact with the visitor. How do they pivot after their encounter with the visitor? Yeah. Um, and then it's like, how do all these pivots come together in like the climax in a way where we are reforming this family unit? They are finding some sort of um, structure in their, uh, like, well, yeah, what would you call, like, what would you call this, this uh, type in of their, family? <laughs> uh, <laughs> structure in their uh, state of like somewhat squalor, somewhat um, just disjointedness. Uh, yeah, hard to put it into words. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh God, now I'm like I'm like getting a brain fart here. <laughs> the uh, what do you call a family that like doesn't have their shit together? Dysfunctional. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're bringing a function to a very dysfunctional family, structure to a dysfunctional family. Um, they're still dysfunctional in many different ways, but now their dysfunctions are sort of like complementing and interlocking with each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's fucking yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fucking strange journey, and I feel like it kind of has like this theme of like hurt people, hurt people kind of going on where it's like I felt like, yeah, fucking going back to the sun, I was like, fucking hated the sun, thought he was fucking awful, but then he kind of like goes into his room puts a, a mask on and kind of cowers in the corner as like the bullies are shooting fireworks into his room. And it's like, like in, the, in, in that moment felt really well done too. Cause like, we just see like these, like the glass is shattering and like, it's like, it's shot at night. So it get like this great reverse shot of just like mm -hmm. these colorful fireworks, just like firing in, into this like domestic Japanese. It feels home. very real too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, that's sort of like the thing I sort of latched onto was like the production value is like just in this weird, intersection of like it's just low enough but they're doing shit so extreme and that it feels like yeah like this is fucking very real yeah i wonder if this would count as like a dogma 95 movie or something although yeah, no i yeah. think i think because it has a like a death in it maybe when but uh but oh, i know it did it was part of it was part of some like series of digital movies that came out in japan yeah it was like the final of four or something yeah, it's like they, it's a bunch of six filmmakers, straight to video, like all independent, and they're sort of doing it for the sake of showing off the uh, the abilities of digital filmmaking and like being able to shoot things on DV. And yeah, and also it's sort of a kind of like a not a remake, but like a, they're oh, the Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, Wikipedia references a Tiarama, which uh, another film that features like a mysterious visitor sh showing up to this family. And like just sort of changing them all in different ways yeah which i think i i remember that seeing that at film school like i think i like wandered in at the end of it and i was like what the fuck is this mm. and years later i realized it was tiara <laughs> oh gosh yeah, yeah. I, I didn't i didn't know visitor q was a remake for the longest time yeah, yeah like a like one of those loose kind of like remakes where it was like kind yeah. of take i don't know how like faithful it is to the yeah it's just plot. like taking the premise and like making a weird fucking movie <laughs> with yeah. it so uh, what do you think about the visitor like the actor the kazushi wantanabe what do you think about him in this movie i think it's interesting that they kind of style him as looking like a pretty cool hip dude like he's got yeah. this uh he wears like leather pants and like a opened button-up shirt that's like kind of like a I don't know, 70s long sleeve, kind of tight, leisurely Hawaiian sort of shirt. Um, yeah, it's just like this it, bright red shirt, black leather yeah. pants. His hair is a little long. He's got like a mustache. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if we see him smoking cigarettes, but yeah, he feels yeah, like yeah. that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's just like a super cool dude. He looks like a rock star or something. Yeah, there's actually a really interesting moment where like 
at least when it, it started to click where I was like, okay, is this character like somewhat supernatural or not? Cause like he's always in the same outfit and then everyone else is kind of changing clothes. Like the kid go gets on, gets a uniform when he goes to school and the mom kind of dresses up to, to go do her sex work. But in that moment in the morning when uh, she's going off to go do a job, he's like outside, like near the car smoking a cigarette. And he's just like, I think he's, he does like have a good day or something like that too. And I was just like, Oh, it's interesting little, uh, like a nice moment, a little like a nice sweet moment amongst just like seeing the the, the worst of humanity sometimes <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, I mean, he does feel otherworldly because it's like, I mean, this whole movie kind of feels like it doesn't take place in like reality. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's like, like we said, like visually, because it's shot on video, it feels very real sometimes, but it's like, surely these people don't exist. <laughs> surely there isn't a family like this <laughs> that is actually operating out there. <laughs> Hey, um, hey, you never know. <laughs> there could be an actual Carcosa out there where there is a family. They live next door to the family from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so they're, they're, they're neighbors. Like, it it almost, there's something about it that feels like a fairy tale or something. Yeah, it does have a, a dreamlike quality to it, sort of going back to, yeah, the production value of it, which, yeah, I think it all sort of ties in together nicely. Um, but yeah, it was... <laughs> Uh, interesting, just the progression, because, yeah, I was very sympathetic to the mother, and then, yeah, she sort of has a weird moment when she, like, find out that she's a sex worker, she goes in mm-hmm. and meets with this, with this guy, and oh, there's, she's like, beating huge, the guy with the belt. <laughs> yeah, but also there's, like, this huge, like, flaying, like, X, I don't know what, what the technical yeah. term for that uh, BDSM piece of tool, I don't know what, yeah. what you call that, but it's something, a large Something X. that people get strapped to, yeah. Yes, correct. A large piece of wood or something that people that has some lashes for your arms and legs. And we're seeing like the end of a transaction. And as he's getting ready to be done, he's like inspecting her wounds kind of like in a very mm-hmm. doctorly kind of way where he's like has some sympathy for her. But then he hands her his belt and it's like, here, it's like now start beating me with this. And at first she's not into it. And then it, yeah. it becomes a little bit more intense. Which I thought was very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird. Because <laughs> she's not hitting him like it. Like that's one of those things where it's. I guess it's because it's a movie. Like she's not hitting him that hard. You can tell. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he's having very like uh, thorough reactions to it. Yeah, he's just like egging her on and just like yeah. just wanting wanting more intensity, wanting more uh, more more uh, power in the hits, and yeah, just. Yeah, and it, it is weird. I wasn't quite laughing at that. That was that, that's another scene where it's just like, yeah, this feels. And you mentioned that these like these aren't like real people, but that feels like a very real kind of situation and transaction that would happen in, in sort of yeah. those situations where you have a man, working man, working woman, and the man is like just trying to get some like physical pain out of this, and the woman's really hesitant of it. Do you think that marks a transition in the mother? That scene. Uh, sort of. I don't think it marks it as much as the breast milk scene. Breast I think milk, that's yeah. that's that's her. Uh, what a <laughs> fucking weird point. movie! Like if any, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't seen this movie, they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" There's breast. Okay, there's <laughs> there's a scene where the visitor comes up behind the mother. They're having. We promise like, you, kinda, this is real. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like seducing her. They're kind of like he's like holding on to her and like. They're breathing heavy but, and stuff. But, but wait, there's a little artistic kind of thing. Looks in the beginning of the movie, she's working on a puzzle. The sun comes in, flips the puzzle over, and starts beating her with the rug beater. So later on, before this interaction happens, there's a trail of puzzle pieces throughout the house that leads up to a photo of the daughter, and then the, the visitor is like on the bed behind it reading manga. <laughs> it's just like interesting. Very right away, was reading. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> um, but, but continue. But yeah visitor he's uh he's like passionately kind of groping the mother yeah uh pulls her breasts out starts squeezing them and milk she's lactating milk is squirting all over she's like what are what is happening she doesn't know what's going on like what are you doing to me how are you doing this uh it looks real like yeah (laughs) it doesn't look like an like an effect it looks if it's an eff- a special effect, it's really good. Like that's very ahead of its time for it, two thousand and one. Yeah. For <laughs> but um, anyways, he's he's milking this woman. It looks phenomenal, <laughs> and he covers the entire floor of the kitchen with milk. Uh, there's like a layer of milk covering the entire floor of this kitchen. 
Um, yeah. Well, I think in the first time, it's kind of he's just they're just covering the puzzle pieces on the floor, and actually the son comes home from school and is watching it happen, which is also fucked up. Oh yeah, yeah. But later on, after the sort of the death happens, after the like oh, no, after the murder happens, we word that correctly. After the murder happens in this movie. She like confronts him in the in the kitchen, and she's wearing the the garbage bag on her, yeah. and then she starts oh, squirting <laughs> enough milk out of her out of her breast to completely coat the floor. Yeah, in milk. and she's like so proud. Yeah. And then we cut to a shot of the visitor <laughs> with a clear umbrella, like kind of crouching as she's yeah. milking all over the place, which is funny. Yeah, that's that that it's got like a my Bugs Bunny moment. <laughs> that's when I was like, okay, like I'm I'm okay with. Where we we've gotten so far into the darkness by that point, I was like, okay, this is this is fucking great. This is fantastic. I'm okay with this now. <laughs> he sort of won me back over with the the umbrella. Him sitting there, he, he's very like doesn't show many emotions. Yeah, either. he doesn't he's seem very... like thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a visitor. He's doing his job as a benevolent benevolent spirit or whatever whatever that word is. Yeah, I think he's pretty benevolent. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways. Let's get to the necrophilia. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the father is, like we said earlier, he's making a documentary about his son being beaten. He kind of, he has a a, a co-worker, uh, a woman he's like trying to pitch this documentary to. And he's like, okay, like, we're gonna, we're gonna have a scene where I go and like challenge the bullies now. And she gets pissed off. She's like, this isn't gonna work. Like, this is fucking stupid. She wanders away. Yeah. Father goes chasing after her grabs her fucking he assaults her straight up like he like throws her down he like sexually yeah. he rapes her it's fucking hard <laughs> like it's yeah, hard it's, to watch it, yeah it's uh, rough and then yeah the visitors they're filming it also yeah this is a very like straight up disturbing scene um yeah. he's strangling her while he's doing this he kills her uh and now it's a thing where it's like okay we gotta get rid of the body um so he takes her home, um, and as he's, like, prepping the body, um, he tells the visitor to go get garbage bags. This is when the, gar the visitor encounters the mom who's wearing a garbage bag and begins milking everywhere. Um, yeah. Anyways, dad decides, like, I'm going to have sex with this corpse. <laughs> and it's funny? <laughs> like, like, there's, there's yeah. a funny part in this scene. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's it's really strange because there's like that that moment in the movie it felt just like so overwhelming for just many different reasons. So while the dad is inside the car with the coworker and the visitor, and they're watching the son get bullied, mm -hmm. the son he has like his arms tied behind his back. They're they're like the bullies are like trying to force him to take a shit, and he can't poop, and so he can't do that. So they start peeing on him, and then like oh pushing God, him around. <laughs> yeah, like just like that. In its own self, it's just like, like, how do you direct this shit? <laughs> like, like, what do I've you had this thought with many Takashi <laughs> yeah. Miike movies. Like, yeah, there's a like, scene in, um, I want to say, like, 13 Assassins. Yeah, where, yeah. Like, oh, did I tell you about this? Where the woman... Yes, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. No I'll, limbs, I'll no tongue. <laughs> yeah, for the listeners, there's a scene where a woman has no limbs, no tongue. She's just screaming. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I was, like, stoned out of my mind. Oh, yeah, we watched it together. Yes, and I yes, was just yeah. like, how do you direct this? Yeah, it's like how do you, you tell get a, how do you get a like a solid performance out of this? And yeah, cameras rolling, lights are on. What is yeah, the it's just, yeah? I don't know rehearsal yeah. like. Yeah, so seeing yeah, so I guess that like something is just his prerogative for his entire career because this is like because Thirteen Assassins is like yeah, it's like two thousand twelve. It's like you know the way way fucking after Visitor Q. So this is like early on, and yeah, it's just it feels just so fucking raw in a way that it's just it feels so wrong it's just like fucking hard to really get into and so when like even like when she dies like i was really kind of i wasn't quite sure because it just happened so quickly and yeah. i felt like yeah they, i felt like it could have been better if they emphasized that yeah emphasize that a little bit more but it seems like the movie just wants to like get out of that and sort of get towards something comical but after with yeah he's like having it's so weird scores. to describe it as comical it's so but but I, I was laughing. <laughs> like Yeah, I've because, seen comments uh, yeah, online. Yeah. So, okay, to clarify, the part that's funny during the necrophilia scene is the father, he's videotaping all of this. And uh, he 
yeah, he's having sex with his corpse and he's thrusting into her and he's saying like, wow, she's getting wet. Like, it's a miracle. Like, a miracle that the body can do this. Still get wet even after death. And then he puts his hand down. He's like feeling around for it. And then he pulls his hand up and it's covered in shit. (laughs) And he says like, he's all frustrated and he's like, this isn't a miracle at all. You stink. (laughs) Yeah. This is uh, this is not what I wanted at all. Yeah, like, yeah. and there there is uh, for our listeners there is a, a squishing poop sound effect that goes along with it, so it emphasizes the fact that yeah, it's just like oh yeah, she defecated. Now he's like, now he's like really fucking confused and doesn't know what to do. And then uh oh, now so he's stuck in uh oh, now he's stuck inside of her. Now we have a problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, then he gets his dick stuck in her. Yeah, yeah. That then I was just like, what the fuck? And now it's <laughs> like, slapstick. Yeah. Yeah, and then the fucking the mom like very cheerfully and like just bubbly, she goes to the store and buys a bunch yeah. of vinegar and like she's just throwing all this vinegar inside of like She's riding high. Yeah. Yeah, she's like doing it. She's like the first time she's like smiling and happy in the movie and she's like given this like problem to solve and then yeah, mm-hmm. cut to uh the dad and the corpse inside of a bathtub filled with vinegar and he's just like screaming just like just trying to get released from this and then she gives him heroin and that <laughs> allows yeah, him that to relaxes him we hear it we like, even get a sound effect when his dick gets released from this uh corpse corpse pussy <laughs> it's like, these like these were words that were typed on a paper given to actors people woke up early in the morning and arrived on set <laughs> and these yeah. were these are the things that were filmed yeah no, and then, yeah, yeah the, no notes <laughs> i'm good yeah Call fucking it. yeah just absolute insanity and yeah the visitors like filming it while it's happening and yeah i don't know it's and then he's like my work here's done (laughs) yeah he's like i've yeah my exactly my work here's done i don't need to help his family anymore he actually he disappears after he has a a scene with the son the son is inside the kitchen laying face down in the pool of breast milk that is like coagulated on the ground and yeah what does the son say okay he basically thanks him. He's just like, like, did you come here to sort of like teach? Like, did you come here for a reason or whatever? And then he's like, thank you for sort of for your presence or whatever. Then he turns he, around and he's gone. Doesn't he say he's like gonna like take his schoolwork more seriously or something yes, like yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the moral of the story here. Yeah. <laughs> this is a long road to get our son to take his yeah. schoolwork more seriously. I'm gonna go to college. Thank you. Yeah, for everything you've done. My parents yeah. are, you know, back together, <laughs> appreciating each other. Um, yeah, and I think I also that's after the parents kill. The oh, they killed the bullies. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Fucking see, like this movie's all over. The plan, there's so many, so much shit happened. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. forgot that the parents killed the bullies too. I took, totally forgot that that was a thing. Yeah, it's a nice like another like cathartic moment where it's like, th- yeah, these bullies are like just fucking awful and. Yeah, like, not, like, I don't think worthy of death, necessarily, but, like, I don't know, it kind of just, it sort of just ties things together. It's like, okay, we're sort of seeing, like, this murderous, these, these murderous intentions of this family sort of get opened yeah. up and explored more. And I'm like, it's okay, like, a, it's like... Yeah, like a surreal, triumphant moment. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. Is there, like, a scene in this movie that you would say is, like, your favorite, the one that, like, sticks out to you favorite. the most? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know if I, I should. Have, I, have, I don't know if I should that. say. <laughs> no. I, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I honestly like. I, I would struggle to think of like what is my favorite part of Visitor Q. Um, but yeah, go ahead. You got one. Go ahead. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, like the like the son is like abusive towards the mom that she comes in and throws the knife at him. But also, like right after that, the bullies are shooting fireworks into the house, and then the dad pulls out the camera and is just like, hey, "This is true." Like his his documentary is called True Bullying, so he's like narrating like the the kids shooting stuff into the into the house, and he's just like really frantically like describing the scene as as it happens, and yeah, it's just like we get great like POV shots of the camera, and it's just fucking chaotic. It just feels like just like the like a, a one earlier crescendo of chaos where it's just so much has happened. But also, like, it comes right after this moment of, like, character change where, like, the mom is like, okay, I'm going to start fucking fighting back now. She has, like, some resolve. And, like, it, I don't know, it just, that little moment is like, okay, this is starting to feel like more than just, um, I don't know, just us filming terrible things, terrible, deplorable things. It kind of felt like, okay, like, we're sort of, like, heading in a direction now. 
yeah. in that moment. Yeah, I do like when during the fireworks scene when he is frantically filming and he lands, the camera lands on the visitor and he says, uh, I don't know who this is. We are not acquainted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's, yeah. There's so many like little small moments like that. But yeah, it, it is interesting because yeah, there's so much other terrible things like yeah like the dad filming teenagers on the street and then they like rough oh, yeah, them they, up and shove the microphone up his yeah, ass they rape him with a microphone yeah it's it's fucking intense so many like bad terrible things happen but yeah it's like you get to these moments of these comedic moments of like levity and it's just like really strange and you're like sort of makes you look at yourself and be like why is this funny what makes these things funny bizarre uh i guess sort of getting towards it uh, what do you think about how it ends just like the i think it's interesting that like the cover like the yeah like the cover and like the, the dvd cover and like the poster of this movie depict the climactic scene of this movie which yeah I think is really interesting i mean it's interesting that they're able to get away with that having that be the cover <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so the movie ends with uh, the mother is now wrapped in the tarp that was previously used to store the dead body. Um, and she unwraps her, like the daughter returns home after having gone away to, you know, be a sex worker. Yeah. She returns home. She finds her mother in the back covered in this tarp. The mother loosens up the tarp to reveal that her husband is, uh, drinking from her breast and the daughter un undresses off camera she enters the frame naked and begins to drink from her mother's other breast and that is how the movie ends also with a uh, needle drop there's like as sort of we get the shot of her outside in like their little garden area like playing the, smash the song <laughs> yeah the song comes in i'm just like oh okay like i feel like this is the climax of this movie and it's has like this sweet japanese song playing it's like this is fucking weird <laughs> it's just I, I i feel like it's honestly the weirdest part of this scene to me is that the sun's nowhere to be found <laughs> um yeah like because it feels like this scene is supposed to be this reunion of the family um yeah. and i don't know i like yeah everyone is reconnected but it's odd that the sun isn't in here in some capacity yeah um yeah, I don't know. Maybe he his his arc is completed, and so when we have the daughter have she like offers sex to the visitor, and then he has like this weird moment where he turns, he comes back, but in frame yeah, with, with a rock, rock, and it's, it's like, oh shit! Like he's like, he's I'm gonna, gonna get write it. you. I'm gonna fix yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah, it might just be kind of just wrapping up the daughter's part of it, it's kind of just emphasizing her connection to the family because she kind of, like disappeared like she's in the first scene and in the last scene i don't yeah. think she's in any other part of the movie but like maybe no she's, maybe like one other shot she's still like a presence because it's like they have a room for her at the house that is like yeah. still has all her stuff in it like her photos are in there the visitor is very interested in like these photos um yeah, yeah. so i guess there's yeah this absence that needs to be refilled um i don't know i don't i don't quite yeah all I can think of it is that it is supposed to be like this, you know, the family is being reassembled uh, ending, yeah. and it's just kind of perverse in the way it presents it. <laughs> and, like, kind yeah. of beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I think if, if it didn't have the song, it would be, yeah, a little bit more perverse and a little... It would still feel kind of dirty and, and wrong, but I think the song helps lift it into a, a different sort of category. A really interesting kind of proof that, like, editing is so fucking powerful when you're like making movies and just like just a simple fucking change of the song or like the addition of a song or like just what that song sounds like to just make your the emotional impact of it is totally different anyway weird movie <laughs> family family though <laughs> you know sometimes family's kind of weird you know? yeah 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 just saying, yeah. If you if you think you have a dysfunctional, fucked up family, you think things are going wrong. Watch Visitor yeah. Q, and then and write to us at <laughs> vaguezone at gmail.com. Yeah, tweet tweet at tweet at <laughs> us. Let us know. Um, but do not watch this movie with your family. <laughs> uh, anything else on Visitor Q? Um, I think that might be it for me. Yeah. What have you been watching lately? 
Um, this week, so I was kind of putting off uh, Reservation Dogs. I watched like the first like four episodes or so, and then I kind of caught up. I watched another like five episodes of it, and sort of re- fell back in love with it again. I was I don't like this season is a little bit interesting because season one is all about focusing on this group of four friends are dealing with like a recent tragedy. And so it's about them sort of getting more close knit after something really terrible happens. And then it's in season two, like they kind of get dispersed and broken up. And so you sort of spend time with them, but they're all like mostly separate from each other. And they're kind of having like a quarrel within the group. And I wasn't really into that direction at first, but I think it's sort of, it's, it's come around and has done some really fantastic episodes, like focusing on, individual characters and it's one of the few shows i think that's like out right now that i feel like like kind of feels powerful in in a like in a weird way like there's it's like this has a really strong connection to just like native american culture and ancestry and just like being connected to the land and there's one episode in particular that uh, features one of the more like uh hardened and kind of standoffish and like um I, I'm trying to fit like the word for it, but like a character who just like does not let anyone in is kind of an asshole to everyone else. And mm-hmm. there's an episode where that character talks to like their older sibling, and there's just like a moment where they have like a prayer moment, and it's just like it's just absolutely fucking beautiful. And it's just it, it just I don't know. There's moments where the show sort of reminds you just like oh yeah, like this is like a one of a kind kind of thing for television where we're like celebrating this culture and we're like really like doing it in a visual way that's fucking very powerful and i feel like if i was a native american person i would connect to it probably on a completely other level and be fucking in tears while watching this shit but it's super fucking emotional and really well done and yeah i can't recommend that show enough fx is killing it right now fucking yeah they've been great yeah that bear yeah the bear is great uh atlanta fucking season four is it's very fantastic. It's fucking hilarious as shit. Um, so yeah, can't say enough good things about those shows. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been watching as far as TV is concerned. But a movie I saw this week is the big one. I saw Avatar Remastered in 3D. It's my first time seeing the movie. And yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy 3D. It looked really great every time um, they have like a close-up of an eye or a close-up of the face. Like it just looks just fucking insane it's like just so like i don't know just so crisp and like gorgeous and i don't know just i the story sucks is typical <laughs> white savior shit um not really into jake sully as a character and yeah him just being like the, the greatest fucking navi ever kind of bothers me and there's other things in the script that kind of bother me but i held off seeing this movie for like 12 years and i like told myself i was like i'm not gonna watch this in 2d once I sort of got back around to the idea of watching it, I was like, I don't want to just like watch this on TV. I want to experience this in theaters in 3D if I can. And I'm happy they brought it back to sort of hype up for The Way of Water. Um, did you see it back in the day when it came out? I did. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like got in so many arguments. Like, I saw it for free. My buddy worked at the theater. Okay. And I remember partway through just like, I saw it in 3D. Yeah. Um, I remember partway through just like looking side to side being like, are we like going to stay? Are we going to like, are we going <laughs> to, is anyone else ready to walk out of this? Um, gotcha. And then uh, after the movie, yeah, it's just like, I fucking hated that movie. Uh, yeah. I supposedly almost got in a barroom fight, <laughs> okay. like arguing with someone about that movie. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I honestly, I, I totally feel you on that because, okay, just to contextualize it for the listeners so we both went to sf state uh this came out in 2009 so this would have been like our sophomore year and so yeah sophomore year going to film school studying movies and sort of being young and fucking like fired up about cinema and like having a lot to say and i remember getting into an argument with a friend of the show good friend gavin he was like we were at a cinema collective meeting and he was just like yeah like it should be nominated for best picture and i was like fuck no there's no way like this is dumb it's just 3d bullshit and i don't know i was very passionate about this movie i'd never seen but yeah now i'm like 31 life is too short i was like fuck it Uh, it's it's playing not a lot of like english movies are playing in korea so like it's one of those things where 
I need a little something to do, got some hours to kill. And as far as the story, yeah, I think it's fucking dumb. But I actually thought, yeah, visually remastered, I thought the 3D looked fucking great. It's like, did you, like, did you feel that way or were you kind of just like, man, on the, like the, the um, visuals of it? See, like, I, I just, I think I was just so overwhelmed by, I remember walking away and being like, this should have just been like a tech demo. Just like make it like a 30 minute tech demo. <laughs> like, why do I gotcha. need to sit through this garbage? Like, if you're going to... Like, if it's just about, like, how pretty the picture is and, like, what you can do in terms of visual effects, then just, like, make it fucking a silent movie. Like, why do you have to, like, bog it down with all this shit I don't want to put up with? Um, Yeah. It feels like a 90s movie, for sure, where it's, like, this just, like, this feels super stale as far as the story and the script. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Just, like, there's a shot towards the end where it's, like, the colonel giving a briefing to like all of like the army like or whatever and i was just like this looks fucking so good i was like this just looks like i am inside of this room with all of these people and i don't know it was also it was kind of cool seeing it like in a somewhat packed theater out here so it was kind of fun um i remember the positive thing i i could say about it i thought it was cool when the robot had a bowie knife attached to its leg (laughs) yeah i was like let's do more of that yeah, because <laughs> like I like at that point it just feels like he was like fuck it whatever the robot's got a bowie knife. <laughs> yeah, and even more crazy. Okay, so at the end of this movie they showed a clip of the way of water and I was like okay yeah it looks fucking great. It looks, yeah, sure. it looks great. <laughs> looks great. Like as far as like I, I it looks great. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I think the story has an opportunity to sort of take a different direction and, and not just be about the introduction of this man into this culture, it can kind of be about something else. But I think it's crazy that the Colonel, I think that guy is signed on to be in the rest of these movies as the villain, which mm-hmm. I think is a strange choice. I, I like how over the top and ridiculous he is. Cause like, yeah. to me that was just like, like I, I already hated the movie. Like, sure. Like let's just make it fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah. at least I can, I can at least get on board with ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, but yeah, I think it it could be cooler if there was like I, I'm sure there'll be other villains or whatever. But yeah, him being like the main villain of another like four of these movies sounds really strange to yeah. me. So I don't know, <laughs> unless he just continues to get more scarred, more fucked I'm up, bionic arms and shit. <laughs> I'm assuming he will become a Navi, uh, and then he will lead a war. There will be a Navi war. Um, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe, like, he becomes a Navi, and then it's like, okay, well, now you understand. Like, <laughs> Now you get it. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, there's so many moments in that movie, where I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like, they <laughs> gather up, like, all the tribes at the end, I was just like, you guys have been terrorized by these, like, fucking white people coming down, like, taking your resources, and you, like, why don't you gather up the gang of, like, all of the fucking tribes... <laughs> Like, like years they ago, needed, <laughs> they needed some white dude, some white human yeah. to come in and tell them that they could ride dragons because they didn't Fucking know. Sam, they needed Sam an outsider so. to come in and master their culture for them. Um, yeah, white savior in 3D returning to theaters once again. But yeah, it's uh, it was quite the experience. And yeah, after 12 years of hearing about it, debating about it, but never really having anything to really back it up on my end. Now I can feel like, okay, I can actually be a part of this on, now ongoing long conversation about James Cameron and the current age. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. What have you been watching this week? Uh, this week I watched... Oh, so I watched Pearl. I went and saw that in theaters. Okay. Um, uh, very different than X. I'm glad I watched X before I saw Pearl. Uh, yeah, I want to see both of these movies. <laughs> so, so the way my friend Caitlin laid it out for me is that uh, during X, they they had to take a two week break because of COVID, and during that time, Ty West and Mia Goth wrote Pearl together. Uh, yeah. And so, when they came back to continue shooting X, it feels like having seen both now, it feels like when they went back to shoot X, they started like planting seeds. Or like, uh, hmm. like putting stuff in the movie that they could later explain in Pearl, I guess, okay. uh, to try and like make the two a little bit more in dialogue with each other as like a prequel and a sequel. Um, but yeah, Pearl, I I liked it a lot, man. There's like a, a scene in this movie where Mia Goth has like a long, uh, what do you call it, monologue? Yeah, I'm hearing about this. It is. 
so good. Like, you're so sucked into her world. Um, the final shot of the movie is incredible. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm not overstating it. Uh, you'll see it, and you'll be like, okay, cool. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I... So I saw Barbarian last week also. I think I already talked about it on the show. Um, yeah. I definitely liked Pearl more. They're very different, though. Pearl is a it's a character study. Barbarian is more just kind of a... I don't know. like a, It's just a fun ride. Um, but, uh, yeah, Pearl, it's, it's kind of slow. It, it doesn't have, like, a major fucking payoff. Uh, but it crescendos nicely just... Not not in terms of like a horror payoff, but it it crescendos nicely just in terms of like, yeah, performance really is like what's driving that movie. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I dug Pearl. Um, I watched on Shutter. They have a documentary on Guar called "This Is Guar." Um, oh, cool. I love Guar. <laughs> I, <laughs> I so I watched the doc, and it's it's a nice history of the band. Uh, it doesn't it like alludes to problems with drugs that the band had. Um, and that affected the band and uh, but it doesn't really I don't think anyone ever explicitly says you know X person was doing Y drug or uh, I don't think anyone ever says the word drugs it's like it kind of beats around the bush but like you know what they're talking about Um, there were troubles (laughs) troubles on the road (laughs) because Dave Brocky the singer died of I want to say a heroin overdose so it's like the only time they really bring it up is like when they have to say like he died of a heroin overdose um so it's kind of interesting in that way but like when they get to after his death like the feeling that the band had to continue uh and i don't know it's it's really touching seeing like these people reflect on like the bonds they had together like through this whole experience Uh, family and like the disconnect of like sometimes things fall apart and like people are filled with regret and like longing like wishing they could rekindle these relationships that they have with each other um and yeah so it's really touching uh they mentioned that like after dave brocky's death that like they felt like they had to go on because the world needs guar and i absolutely felt that after like (laughs) when i saw them like after brocky had died um i was like i'm so glad they're still doing this because this needs to be a thing like this like there has to be something out there like this. It feels it feels yeah. important. Um, You've seen so, them live, right? Yeah, I've seen them like maybe three times, maybe four. Okay. Um, I think at least one of those times with Gavin too. Like I think oh, I'm not sure if <laughs> if we like planned on going together or if we just found out that like we both had tickets or something. Um, but yeah, it was in high school. We took my friend, and it, it for his first concert ever was Guar, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, we're like all like the bar is really high. Yeah, we like leave the show. We're all covered in blood, and we just hear someone lock their doors like uh, <laughs> in the uh, intersection. But uh, that's great. Yeah, I want to see him live really badly. Yeah, dude. Yeah, if they're in town, man, I'll, let's fucking go, man. Uh, yeah. I also wa- I rewatched Ghost World last night. I hadn't seen that since I was a teenager and I fucking, I love that movie. (laughs) Like it's weird seeing it as an adult and really just like understanding and being frustrated by how much of a loser Enid, the main character is. Um, And yeah, it's like, it's, it's interesting to watch a movie where like the main character, like the movie's cool and (laughs) the main character isn't like the main character is supposed to be cool, but you're like, this person's a loser. Like everyone in this movie, like, like her best friend is actually trying to get her life together. And like, you feel bad for, um, I love Steve Buscemi in that movie. Uh, Yeah. He's he's kind of, if it wasn't for him, uh, you know, dating a 19 year old girl in that movie, I would say he's kind of a hero. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just think he, yeah, that's the coolest person in that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, love Ghost World. And the last thing I want to talk about, I only watched half this movie. I plan on finishing it, but even watching the first half, it is worth bringing up. I found this movie with uh, Judd Nelson and Bill Paxton. It's called The Dark Backward. Um, let me see. I think it's from 1991. Uh, Judd Nelson plays a terrible uh, stand-up comedian who he's a garbage man. And him and Bill Paxton are co-workers. Bill Paxton plays the accordion. And (laughs) uh, 
Judd Nelson, he kind of looks like he's got these like thick glasses. He's got his hair greased up and combed over to one side. He wears a suit. He looks like Neil Hamburger. It's weird. Like, I okay. feel like I feel like Neil Hamburger had to have taken inspiration from this. But anyways, Judd Nelson ends up growing a third arm out of his back. And that becomes oh his ticket to success as a stand-up comedian. <laughs> uh, Wayne Newton plays his, uh, like a talent agent who discovers him. Uh, but like the kind of the highlight of the show, at least in the first half of this movie, is Bill Paxton as like his accordion playing garbage man best friend, uh, who is he like he they go to a dump and he finds a corpse at the dump and he starts like licking it's like a dead woman he starts like licking this dead woman's breasts and then like um at a, another More point, necrophilia yeah a lot of it was a necrophilia heavy week for me um he like uh has like a more like three morbidly obese girlfriends and like at one point he's like eating shit and stuff like uh okay. it is a very bizarre movie it's bizarre that it's bill paxton doing all this um it, it, everything is covered like everyone is filthy they look like they're covered in sweat and dirt the te- like the whole city's covered in garbage uh it's fucking weird i'm gonna finish it uh it's it's offensive it's gross it's uh i don't know it's like a weird it feels like it should have been like a shitty cartoonist drawing and not a gotcha, feature like yeah. film um but somehow it it was made and that's kind of a miracle um, so I'm gonna see it through, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, dark backward. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking up the director of this, uh, Adam Rifkin. So yeah, you wrote and directed this. You also wrote Small Soldiers. <laughs> I like Small Soldiers. I grew up watching that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun one. That's a that's a a good good cut from childhood era. era. Yeah. Let me see. What else did he do here? Last stuff I haven't seen, The Invisible Maniac. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that was right before this. Oh, he wrote Mouse Hunt. I loved Mouse Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Director of Detroit Rock City. Okay. Awesome. Cool. But yeah, Dark Backward. Uh, I will see it through, and I will report back. Yeah, Detroit Rock City is interesting. I remember seeing that on like MTV or like VH1, like on a Saturday afternoon, like in high school, and I was like. You can just make a movie about a band. <laughs> like you can just have this yeah. entire movie to, like was Kiss that big. I guess I was like, I don't like it, it. was so perplexing to me. I was like, how is this? The entire plot of a movie is a bunch of kids going to a concert just to see Kiss, but it fucking works. Yeah. All right, so that might be it. Uh, so I guess it's my choice for the yes. next one. Yes, so, family. So yeah, you joked about, uh, you mentioned the Fast and the Furious when we rolled the die originally, Mm -hmm. and so you planted the seed in my mind, and I haven't been able to get that out of my mind, so I'm going to choose the Fast and the Furious movie, and it was a, I wasn't quite sure which one I wanted to do. It was a toss-up between Fast Five and Furious Seven. Furious Seven probably being, probably being the better movie, because it has more, uh, the emotional impact of Paul Walker's death, so it has a little bit more, sort of like more of a, a meatier thing to kind of deal with towards the end. But I looked at a bunch of lists online, and Fast Five continues to be sort of like at the top of those lists. And so, I think as a good, uh, good wrap up for our thing about family, and it, and also to sort of give our viewers an option of a movie. Yeah. We've, been, we've done some rough ones recently. Uh, give it them a little been, something. We've been on a weird kick lately. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit of a palate cleanser, just a little bit of a little seltzer water for us to kind of just watch something fucking mainstream blockbuster, uh, but also some that they consider one of the more outrageous, kind of crazier fucking ones. This is sort of after the franchise revital- revitalization with uh, Fast and Furious. This is some say this is like the fucking best one where it has everyone sort of at their prime, got the rock juiced out roided out like crazy shoulders like boulders um so yeah i think i think it'll be a fun way to sort of wrap up our coverage of the theme family all right so fast fast five let's do it so yeah well it's been episode 
102 vague zone if you would like to contact us you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail.com let us know if you have questions comments concerns or movie suggestions you can tweet at us at vague zone let us know what you're watching what we should watch if you should put some themes on there i posted on instagram and got some replies back of some possible themes that i thought were kind of cool one my friend adam mentioned was like man playing god i thought that was a really good one so hmm. okay. that could lead to some interesting movie choices so we definitely got to put that on the list yeah. But yeah let us know give us a theme i like the the, the new format it kind of gives us a little bit more freedom to choose what we want to watch but also will probably lead to some interesting combinations of films so mm-hmm. yeah let us know yes yeah, it's been 102 i'm thomas and i'm daniel we'll see you next time Oh, kick them, oh, kick them, sugata gami and I, umi.